If you can't laugh at yourself, then you can't have fun. And welcome back to another part train. This is your co-host, Evan Singer. We also got Matt Cermak. What's going on, my man? Cermi here. What an episode to have. Let's dive in. Wow. So uh, before we get into this episode, I mean, I think we're both a little blown away um, by the the story and the conversation we just had. Um, But in case you're a new listener, first of all, thanks for joining. We always appreciate you listening. Um, The Par Train is all about making life and golf better. So we try and make life less frustrating than your golf game. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. You'll learn to laugh through every up and down, harness the power of the mind, and get back on track, both on and off the course. Um, this episode is a perfect example of that. Um, yep. Before we get to it, a word from our friends at, at Roback. Hey, guys. Um, a lot of new summer polos just dropped. They just launched new face masks, as well as kid face masks. Saw that. Which is awesome. The only best way to have your kids wear a mask is to make it look cool. Right. And there's a lot of fun 100%. designs there. So we had a code issue where coupon sites keep picking up our codes. So for now, until we get it figured out, I will drop the coupon code link in the bio of this episode that'll get you 20% off. So your 20% will show up in your cart. Um, so just go to the description of this episode, click there at roback.com, and you'll be able to get anything you want for 20% off. That's for okay. part listeners only. Uh, but let's let's Can't get to this up. conversation with Alex. Yep. Uh, of all, I know we've said this a lot. We're we're always excited after interviews, but this yep. one feels different. This mm-hmm. one, I think, we've had done a lot of mental game episodes. We've talked to sports psychologists, coaches, CEOs, yep. tour pros. However, I think this episode has more potential to stick with me when I'm actually out there than maybe any other. I think Alex's story is truly an inspiration. Yeah, this is one of our most inspiring episodes. And like you said, we've had so many great conversations with so many great people in the industry. Um, but he, he's overcame challenges that are, you know, that are, that'll choke you up, you know, when he talks about him. And you guys are listening to the episode, but, you know, as a one-armed golfer, <laughs> he's yeah. better than all of us. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's a scratch player. Um, but, but, the, but the great, the conversation was so much, so interesting and so much fun to hear him talk about his approach to the physical aspect of the game and the mental aspect and hearing it from him, Ev, this just seems to hit home a little harder. And I, I hope it does to everybody who listens because, you know, when you hear the cliche things about the mental game and the physical game, you're like, oh yeah, but that doesn't work. You know what? Listen to somebody who's got to overcome things that are so unique and so challenging. Um, and I, I don't know, it, it was just so inspiring. So yeah, inspiring. I mean, to give you a bit of context, Alex will talk about this in greater detail, but he was born in the Ukraine in an orphanage with a cleft lip and one arm. And he grew up 70 miles, I think he said, from Chernobyl. And so a lot yeah. of it, I think, is from radiation. And he couldn't even eat. He was 35 pounds as a seven-year-old when he got adopted and moved to the United States. And, and truly, truly given a lifeline. Yeah. yeah, and to think of going from that to a teaching professional and a scratch golfer in Alabama, I mean, he's just amazing. You've got, I'm telling you, 
most of our interviews get better as they go. And so this one, especially, you've got to listen to the end. He gives you something for literally every type of player, every scenario, yeah. whether it's course management, whether it's mentally, whether it's with the swing mechanics. Like, there's a lot I think we can learn from a guy that can hit it 260 and be a scratch player with one arm. Yeah. So I mean, I'll just watch, leave it at that. Yeah. If you watch videos of his swing, his contact, we're uplifted today, Ev, but for all you golf geeks, there was great golf talk in there, too. So. Yeah. Uh, enjoy guys all right well thanks for listening guys follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at the par train if you don't already and subscribe and give us a review on itunes we appreciate it it. take care and we're back with alex forey did i pronounce that correctly alex absolutely yeah how you doing man welcome to the show thanks for being with us welcome in alex thank you i'm honored to be here really am so we have a lot that we want to talk about. We obviously want to hear your story. And I think there's a lot that you can inspire for people, a lot that you can teach people in regards to the mental game, how they approach their game, dealing with challenges, et cetera. But first, we got to start on a lighter note. You got to tell us about your game. Give people context <laughs> of you know, the type of player you are, um, your strengths on the course, and, and your game overall. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm a handicapped. Uh, my my gym's a um, zero point two. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> n- not too bad. Not too bad. Um, love to. Um, I think my strength would be my irons. Uh, and then uh, also talking trash and getting oh. into my opponent's head. Very important. Um, Love doing that. Uh, played in high school golf. I only played my senior year because uh, I, I really didn't like our high school soccer coach. Loved the person, but didn't lo- like the coach. Uh, and, and so I said, you know what? I'm going to take up golf. And, uh, and so I played in a uh, high school golf team. And um, without really trying, I was probably, I think, the number two golfer. Wow. And uh, and had a lot of fun, and then uh, really kind of enjoyed it, and realized that uh, yeah, I wasn't going to be playing soccer for the rest of my life, and, and so took that up and uh, missed a couple of college classes, you know, the early AM classes, just to be on the golf course. That's and all right, that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what kind <laughs> of <laughs> what kind of trash? Like, give give me an example of some trash talk. Um. Ooh, um I, I would go low. This is uh, not the greatest mental time period uh, in my life. So I would definitely go low. Uh, I, I definitely like to get to know my, my opponent first uh, and then capitalize on, uh, on their weaknesses, you know, um, whether it's they're hitting their driver only 250 yards and I'm hitting it, you know, 260, 270, uh, mainly on the golf course. You know, if they couldn't make a putt, then I, I would – uh, definitely talk about you know the short putts and uh, make sure that they were overthinking the short putts, uh, and uh, and you know if there was wind, I would definitely make sure that they knew the there was wind out there on the golf course. <laughs> well, and, uh, and Alex, we uh, I'm trying to envision some of the reactions. Obviously, you play the game. You have to play the game a little differently, and you're <laughs> you're a scratch player. Well, I mean, what? Is, I mean, these guys might get shook when they listen to how solid you're hitting it all day. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, you know, it, it always started on the drive range warming up. Uh, you know, if, if I was able to have a good range 
discussion before a tournament or or a match, I, I think it would just psych people out because you know I, I do have one arm and uh, yeah. um, and to be able to hit, I think people are surprised when I'm able to hit uh, the same distances as uh, as they are hitting and. Yeah, you know, it may not uh, be as you know the higher spin rates, or you know it may not look as pretty, but I'm still gener- hitting. <laughs> yeah, still generate a lot of power. Generating that power, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's kind of the first first um, impressions are huge, uh, and so yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I have a leg up on people. So it's interesting, Alex, because I don't know if you've heard this episode, but we had Chuck Quinton, um, a really well-known teaching professional. He's got, you know, hundreds of thousands, thousands of subscribers on YouTube and his own programs. And when we had him on the show, one of the things that stuck out the most to me was that most right-handed golfers are plagued by being right side dominant. And so what that means is we do everything with our right hand, right arm. Um, we're stronger usually on that side. So when we swing the club, we push off the right side and we pull down from the right arm because we're used to being dominant on that side. So a lot of his drills are actually left hand only, learning how to do things with your left arm only. And so I think that's a really interesting point because you're still hitting the same. I mean, a lot of older guys can't hit it 260. A lot of people will be happy with 260, right? And so just talk about that for a second. I know you're a teaching pro too. So like, how does that, obviously that rings true to you, but maybe expand on that a little bit. Yeah, um, so I, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm, I'm about 5'10", uh, 150. Um, and so I really have to use my whole body. And that's my sure. goal is uh, is to be able to use everything that I have, um, really from really from the calves up, <laughs> um, and, and I, I try to go you know make sure I have a good solid uh, foundation, um, stable foundation, and um, you know try to be able to rotate uh, consistently. And I think that's where people you know the the higher handicaps they they're not able to rotate consistently and that you know they they pull or they push but they're not really having that same uh consistent rotation and that's where you know kind of what i I try to teach you know if if you're gonna hit a drive you know have a wide stance but also don't over rotate your shoulders and and your hips And, and you have to time everything correctly but um don't over rotate what you've been doing uh because that kind of messes your swing up and so um, my, my goal, I'm a pool golfer. Um, and so I have to pull with my lats. I have to pull with my bicep. Everything's rotating. I'm pushing from the right side, but I don't really have that arm to push through. And so really I'm pulling uh, with my left and, and everything with my abs and, and pectoral muscles and, and everything. I'm really just trying to pull. Sure. Um, you know, I, I had to find that consistent shot pattern, whether it was a, a, a draw or a fade or whatever that kind of worked with that pulling motion. Um, it's, it's fascinating to hear you talk ab- about pulling the lower body. You know, Evan and I have been playing for a long time. I played in college. Evan's a 
single digit handicap too. So, but we're always trying to figure out how to use our lower body better. You know, mm. it's not something actually, I, I think I could get better at. I know Evan's been working on it. So to hear you kind of like, you're forced to really kind of learn that way, right? Using your big muscles. That, that, mm. that is so important, you know, but it's, even as good players find it, if you don't learn it, it's hard to figure it out and find a thought, especially for transition. So maybe talk about your transition thought or, you know, how you would teach that to somebody. Yeah. Um, tra- transitions are hard. Um, I, I always believe in having a, a slower takeaway and a faster follow through. Uh, I feel like that creates obviously more, uh, more club head speed at impact. Um, but, but the transition is huge. We never want to over, you know, we never want to push with our glute. I, I like to push with my glute. You know, Tiger always talked about activating yeah. the glute, uh, glute muscles. I, I really try to um, not really use my hamstrings as much, but really use my glutes. And, and if, if they're not firing a, a good time, if I'm not able to time that, um then then everything's out of sync then my hands of parts or my shoulders lean forward uh and so i really my my transitional thought is get the club set at at, uh at the top uh whatever that looks like have a you know for me it feels like three minutes stop but it's not really three minutes stop it's you know a half a second and fire that glute and that right glute kind of starts everything for me. And, and so, and, and I, I do have, you know, not having one arm on the right side, I have to kind of visualize uh, having the glute fire first, having the abs go through and then really have my, I have what we call a nub. Uh, I have my nub over exaggerate and that creates that, you know, that straight shot. Because sure. uh, if I don't have my shoulders, you know, if my shoulders are behind, then you've got that horrible slice. And but if you over rotate your shoulders and not activate your glutes as much, then you've got a pull hook that's not fun to hit either. Ev, what do you think so, about the right glute? Well, I'm intrigued. I actually have a follow up <laughs> about that because um, I think a lot of people. I think it was a joke years ago. People would make fun of Tiger and kind of laugh, like, "What is he talking about?" Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say activate or lead with the right glute, help someone understand in practice what they should actually feel and what they should think. Is it a move the right glute like towards the ball like, and start mm-hmm. to rotate, like almost throwing your, your hip at the, you know, like what, what is yeah, the yeah. thought you would give someone to help them know what to feel? So my thought, so I'm, I'm TPI level one, uh, and, and they did a drill where you literally squeeze your glutes and you're able to squeeze your glutes independently from each other. And so I'll be driving down the road. I'm here right now. <laughs> literally, yeah. Well, well, you have to, it's a muscle memory. So you have to squeeze your glutes literally uh, until you're used to that. And so every time I drive, I literally, yeah. it's like that, you know, that song, uh, right cheek, left cheek, right cheek, left cheek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's literally that. Uh, I, if I'm able to load everything, you know, on the inside of my right foot and have that pressure there and, I'm, and I feel stable enough, 
then I don't really push off that foot. I push off that glute. And by pushing off, all I mean is just squeezing it mm. uh, a little bit harder. So everything's kind of loaded in that right-hand side on the lower body. And I really try to squeeze my glute first and then my feet fire. You know, and then I yeah. push off. Yeah. And so, to, uh, to get that and, explosion. That kind of, exactly. And, yeah. And, and, Chuck Quinton yeah. talked about that. That was another thing that made sense to me about that interview was whatever loads will fire. And so a lot of people have so much tension in their shoulders and their arms. And so naturally the science behind it is when you get to the top, your arms are going to fire first because you have all the tension built up there. So he tries to teach, try not to swing at all with your arms, feel like your arms aren't there. And you come back and you load up your hip so that your hip fires first, which I think is kind of similar to what you're saying with the right glute. But one thing I want to expand on, Alex, which I've never really talked about it in this show that I've found interesting is uh, about six or eight months ago, I had a lot of shoulder pain. I'd wake up with really stiff shoulders, almost through the top of my shoulder down to my collarbone. And I okay. think it was called like tendinosis. Like I had tendinitis in both shoulders for a long time. And, and what I learned through, through my physical therapy was most people, let's say they're working out, they're doing all arms right? A bicep workout is all arms. And you're like, well, of course it's an arm workout. You're working your bicep. But what I learned was actually you should be trying to lift it with your lat muscles and your core by engaging your core, which then helps lift your arm, makes your arm work less. And so I think there's a lot of learnings to that with what you're saying in the swing, yet they're not learning how to use their big muscles, right? Which you've kind Correct. of been forced to use. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I always believed in um, swing easy, uh, but have swing fast. Mm. And I think Earl Palmer said that. Uh, mm. Swing easy, but swing, swing fast. Have a fast swing. And if we're having things, muscles that are limiting us from swinging fast, but we're swinging hard, we're actually going to hurt ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah, if, if you're doing a certain workout, uh, but you're doing it wrong, well, guess what? You, there's a, there's a chance that you're going to get hurt doing it. I, and so I, and I think I, I believe that about golf as well. If you know how to swing fast, uh, which I'm in no way, I'm not saying my, my swing speed fast and faster than everybody, but it's pretty quick. Uh, I can last longer. Uh, as a as a golfer, you know, I I don't get as tired. You know, yep. I I play better on the bat nine, um, mm. just because. Well, well, I, we don't, I, we don't I want can, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly do, and I and I'll tell people. I told my I, I had a qualifier for the Tennessee State Am, and I told my caddy, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm gonna just tell you right now, I'm gonna play better on the bat nine. Uh, you know, as soon as I can figure out where I'm, you know, what I'm doing, where my face, yep. you know, club face is, I'm going to, and, and, you know, you can, you can tell when people are getting tired and, and they yeah. don't want to be there. And so that's, that's all part of the competitive edge as well. But I really believe that if you can swing fast and smart, uh, you're going to be in a really good place. Hmm. For sure. So. Real quick before Matt, Matt's going to ask about your background and your story. Yeah. I want people to know um, where you came from and, and your inspiring story. But I'd say the one thing that really I, I keep wanting to nail down, because I'm sure this is what the listeners want to know, is 
what is the one thing I can learn from you? How the hell did you become a scratch golfer with one arm? And <laughs> there's people with, you know, both arms, everything at their disposal, and they can't get below a 15 or a 20, right? Like what, what is your, what, what would you say was the, the secret to that? Yeah, um, it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, it's, for me, it started out being a range rat. Uh, and then I was sick and tired of doing, I, I could hit any shot on the range. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you could just tell me and, and I could hit it. Um, and then really that, that meetup with Brett kind of changed everything where, um, you know, I, I would hit great range shots and then go out and shoot like a 90. And I was, I was really mad at myself because I could hit any shot, but guess sure. what? The, the range is not in the golf course. And, and when you need to, when you have to hit a certain shot at a certain time, are you able to do it? And so that's where the, the mental part kind of uh, came in. And I really started taking a notice of that. And that dropped my score probably 10 shots around uh, where, hey, you know, I, I, I need to hit. The, and so my, my range session went from I can hit any shot any time to I, I'm going to call my shot out. All right, I, I have a uphill shot that you know uh, plays a half a club long, wind coming from the right, and it's all over. You know, it's all water, sure. and it's a three, you know, a uh, hundred and eighty yard carry. Well, on the range, yeah, you know, on the range, you just kind of pound balls. Well, now my range sessions have gone where I draw out an image and then I draw out the shot. And then, uh, and then that mainly I, that happens from holes that I've already played. Uh, so, so that's a lot of fun. So Alex, would you say to kind of, to explain that even a little more, you've changed how you practiced. You kind of were always in practice, you know, training mode. And then you went into playing mode on the range, you know, kind of broke your practice up. Is that something I kind of worked out with my coach growing up, but I'm curious. Yeah, it's what it yeah, like absolutely. Um, and, and I like to train with people. Mm -hmm. And when you're training with people, you're able to tell them exactly what you're going to do. And, and you kind of invite people into your head of what shots you need to hit mm -hmm. and what shots. And, and so, you know, instead of going through three large buckets of balls, I hit a medium and I'm done. Right. Working on your pre-shot routine, visualizing, right? Creating a moment. It sounds like that's what you were doing with Brett, right? And then, hey, yeah. go execute it. So when you get on the 17th hole and there's OB right and water left, maybe I've been here before. Is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I played one of the hardest holes in Knoxville uh, at a qualifier, and there's a railroad on the right. And you know, my the guy who I was playing with put three golf balls in the right right before me. Yeah, and I was like, I, and and so I, I, you know, you choose. To, Sometimes that can you, shake you. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, it's not fun watching a guy just have a, a mental breakdown right before you have to hit a shot. Right, for sure. And so, uh, and, and so you know, you have to play smart too. And and I think my um course management has gotten a lot better uh and, and it's re through reading uh and and listening to guys like jp to guys like tiger you know what are they thinking I, you know i learned uh just from uh watching the the pga 
the way Justin plays a hole is he'll only attack five or six pins, but he'll always go for the fattest part of the green, and then he'll work the ball to the pin. So yeah, if, yeah, if, if he hits a, a miss, which is a straight shot or a draw, then he's on the fattest part of the green. Right. Uh, and and if he actually you know hits a good shot, he'll curve it in, and he's got you know ten foot birdie putt. And so, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, knowing yeah. where, where to miss the ball. Uh, and, and that's huge, uh, especially for amateurs. If you can learn to, hey, you know, I've got, I can miss it in the bunker because I've been in the bunker all day and I know how to hit a bunker shot. Or, well, if I hit it in the bunker, I have no room to work with and there's water on the other side of the green. Let's not miss it in, in that bunker. And so, yeah. and, 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 you know, sometimes you can work the bad shots too. hundred percent. Right. We, we talked to Scott Langley on the PGA tour about this, where he said yeah, that just, he specifically focuses on the fattest part of every fairway. Right. And we've talked about it many times in this show where, you know, my dad is, has plays, he's got the bug now, but he's more of a beginner. And I used to tell him when we play together, you know, when I go home rarely on, on the tee, I'd say, dad, are you, you aiming down the middle right now? His miss is the classic big slice, right? There's a hazard, right? Well, why are you aimed in the middle of the fairway? You rarely hook it, right? There's a hazard, right? So why don't you aim for the left, far left part of the fairway? So that if you miss it, you're in the right rough. You're still alive, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people, I think it's so bogged down with the miss or technical in their swing that they lose sight of what they're actually trying to do. Brett McCabe, who you're talking about earlier, just to clarify, sports psychologist for um, a lot of PGA Tour pros. Um, on, if you guys haven't heard that episode, it was amazing. It was last week's. So definitely tune in. But he talked a lot about that and how um, how important it is to to say things out loud to yourself. Um, and I found that too. It sounds like though, Alex, that. You actually said the opposite of what I thought you were going to say in regards to transferring, just to go back for a second, transferring the range of the course. Most people would think about, well, what's my mental approach on the course? You Mm -hmm. actually changed your approach on the range. Did you do anything differently on the course? Or was it most of the course management stuff you spoke to? Um, My my results got better. And uh, what I figured out was I didn't have a shot that I was really comfortable with. Mm. And, and, and I think that's huge. If you yep. can have, yeah, y'all were talking last week about a, a fairway finder. I think Brett was talking yep. about. Well, my fairway finder is my four hybrid cut. And I can, I don't even think about it. I just hit it. I just do it. And, 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 and you know, very rarely does that four hybrid cut go straight. Uh, and so I, I rely on that four hybrid to get me in the fairway. And I think that's, uh, that's also what I learned from, you know, Tiger and Jack. Tiger learned the game going from the green to the tee, and Jack learned from the tee to the green. And I, I think golf is now becoming a tee to the green sport. Yep. Um, and, and so you – but you you look like a, a guy like Colin Marakawa. Uh, he's a great iron player. Uh, and and he takes advantage of that. So why not hit a four hybrid and your a six iron into the green? You don't always have to hit a driver wedge. Um, yeah. Play with something that you're confident with, and and that's what I learned on the range. 
guess what? My six iron is my favorite club in the bag. Mm. So get 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 that in my hand as much as I can. Mm. You're hitting on so many so many themes with us, uh, Alex. <laughs> we love to dive in and 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 talk yeah. about this. We could do this for hours. We want you. You have a great story. We want you to tell the listeners more about your background. You know, growing up in Ukraine, moving to the states, and and yeah. Uh, yeah things of that nature and, and how you came to be a, a golf professional and a scratch golf. Yeah. Uh, so life started um, with me in a small town called Uman, Ukraine, which is uh, I think about 60 miles south of uh, Chernobyl. And uh, wow. if you don't know what yeah. Chernobyl is, it was a large nuclear disaster that the Soviets hid uh, from the world. But I mean, it, it was a, it was so large that it impacted so much of, sure. uh, of Eastern Europe. And so I was born, what, what people are saying is that I was born with radiation. I had a cleft lip and palate uh, and one arm. And, and so I went through 23 surgeries, but I, was, I grew up wow. in an orphanage, um, which was a lot of fun. Talk about uh, mental toughness. Uh, yeah. We got fed about one, one meal a day. And uh, it was uh, borscht, which is like a radish uh, soup. And I had a cleft lip and palate, which means I had a hole in my mouth. So I weighed, yeah. when I got adopted, I weighed 35 pounds uh, when I was seven years old. And um, I, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to, to be adopted. And, and my whole world switched in, in a, a, a kind of like a light switch. I went yeah. from uh, like a, a, it looked like a prison uh to to america which was um it's eye-opening it, it really was and uh uh honored to to be you know for the parents that adopted me and uh and uh so i moved to uh alabama birmingham alabama <laughs> so uh very different from uh from an orphanage um and and really my dad kind of uh within the first week uh put a golf club in my hand and put a fishing rod in my hand. So I love to fish and hunt and love do it. all the uh, do all the stuff that my dad does. And I'm a, I, I love deep sea fishing. Actually, uh, it's probably my favorite hobby to do. Uh, I love uh, you know gone for the swordfish, gone for shark, sure. you know, uh, uh, yellowfin tuna is so much fun. If y'all check out my Instagram, I have a bunch of uh, yellowfin tuna on my Some, some good catches on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I love to fish. And uh, fishing is like a relaxing hobby. Golf is not relaxing. Uh, if you want to take up golf for <laughs> relaxation, uh, don't right. do that. A lot of golfers um, like to fish, too, because of what you just – the dichotomy, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'll fish on the golf course uh, sometimes as well, which is fun. <laughs> Uh, and that's a lot of fun. Um, so grew up, um, uh, my dad was a really, my adopted dad, but I call him my dad and my mom just because that's just how I view them. Sure. Um, he, my dad was, a, I think he said 10 sport athlete, uh, in South Africa, wow. uh, wow. I, I, in college. And so he introduced me to everything, cricket, rugby, squash, badminton, uh, racquetball, tennis. You name it. You na- yeah, and so and he wanted me to play all of them on purpose, That's uh, cool. just to see what I would fall in love with. I picked up soccer, uh, loved soccer. Uh, wanted to play college, um, didn't play in college, 
Um, and then I picked up golf just because he played golf. And I really wanted to beat my dad in golf. And, and I think that's kind of what helped me really like focus in on on golf and choosing golf and i didn't meet my dad uh until i was about 20 years old uh and i wasn't i wasn't too bad uh in high school or so i didn't beat him until i was 20 years old because he played the men he played the mind game and he still tries to play the mind game that's that's where you learned it from the team oh yeah the trash talk and the <laughs> yeah absolutely and 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 he would do subtle things like uh if you're a slow golfer he would speed you up yeah if you were if you were a fast golfer he would slow you down he would take you know 10 minutes on a green and you would just be like can this do hurry up well when, in your head when you're saying can this do hurry up you're not thinking about your next shot right just uh, classic and, match play gamesmanship oh, right <laughs> oh yeah absolutely coach coach gamesmanship and i think that's why i like uh match play and i'm excited to start playing a more uh match play events as well because i love match play um well all the pressure is on your opponent that's the best part right absolutely absolutely I, and i love going first and um i love having fan you know i love you know, a lot of people, you know, I like to take photos with me and, and whatnot, but I love watching, having people watch me. Uh, I just play better. I, I really do. Wow. That's um, Abby, you might want to expand on that a little bit. You know, being good under the lights, right? He likes yeah. it. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I played in the, the qualifier for a KDM and the, the last hole, I, I didn't do very well, uh, and I was disappointed. But the last hole is uh, uphill, kind of le- uh, dog leg right, and I put two balls OB on the right. It was on the chipping green, and then I, I finally found, you know, I hit that four hybrid in the middle of the fairway. Well, all around the green, there's probably 50 people around the green, and uh, it's about 220-yard shot for a second shot, and I put it to, like, 10 feet. Uh, and just because I, I saw people watching me, I'm like, all right. Yeah. It wasn't like a don't mess up. It was like, all right, well, they're, they're here for you. <laughs> right. So give get them something. Yeah, get it done, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and so, so I made the putt for, I think, an eight. And it was embarrassing. But I had people come up to me and say, great, great birdie putt. Because, <laughs> well, if you want to see what I did on the tee box. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the compliment. I'll take the compliment. So, so, I love having people watch me. Alex, it sounds like your your adopted parents, your parents, they never really, it, it doesn't seem like from that story that they talked about your limitations much. Um, was there ever times when you struggled with, oh, I can't do that, those things because I only have one arm? Or were you just raised with the mentality that, you you're going to make the most of it and you can do anything that anyone else can. Yeah. I, I, I think my parents raised me to be a no excuses kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, life is not always fun. Uh, it, it, it's all about how you come back from, uh, from moments that knock you down. And so my parents, yeah. you know, uh, I wanted to learn how to play golf. Well, all my dad did was give me a golf club and told me to figure out. I wanted to learn how to uh, fish. Well, my dad had no idea how to teach a water and kid how to fish. So he just gave it to me. Uh, and, and I wow. think um, celebrating 
for me, celebrating the, the wins uh, were huge, but fighting through um, the breakthrough uh, was huge. And that's what kind of taught me to, to be strong and, and to uh, fight through the breakthroughs so, until you get through the breakthrough. And it should be said, I mean, credit to your parents, right? It'd be so easy for them to not choose you you know, as a baby and to, to choose you and embrace you. Um, even though you, you know, you weren't like other kids, I think is a real testament to the people that they are. And that shows with, you know, the person you are today based on how they raised you. Yeah. I mean, they, they could have seen, and this is, it's all about how you see situations and they could have through their lens seen a one-armed kid with, uh, that had to have surgeries and they could have said that's just too much work too yeah, much right. stress on on our family but what they did they what they did see was yeah i had a big smile uh and <laughs> I, I was a joy for them and it was a joy that they really never got to experience and they chose that path and they worked through the the other things and that's kind of how i take golf you know yeah. I, I love golf and i the reason I keep coming back is because golf is beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing like being the first one there on the golf course, and you just you you see the dew, you smell the dew yeah. on the golf course, and, and and it's just like an it's a privilege for me to play. And so uh, yeah, you can You're fight through the, the shakes, and you can fight through the bad shots, but uh, just to be there is a is a privilege. I mean, how. It's amazing to hear that because like I actually you heard this, but I told Brett this in a much less intense example. But, you know, for me, I played in a tournament with my buddy and I never played at well that course. And I just decided to see the beauty of the course. I started to notice the trees. I started to notice the the cool shapes of the holes. I started to take a breath in between holes and watch how the trees were blowing. I know it sounds stupid. It might sound pointless, but it actually had a real impact on me. I I became very calm. I actually played with gratitude and appreciation. And then therefore I played with rhythm and I played better. I'm just curious how, you know, you said a lot of amazing things, um, but I would love for people, I think you could serve as an amazing example. The next time someone's at the course with their buddies, and they're really getting down, right? I think your story could be a great reminder to take a step back and remember how lucky they are. What do you go to when you're struggling on the course? Do you think about your past? Do you, what are your mental cues to help you stay positive? Yeah, uh, mental cues to stay positive. Um, I, I can always opt out for the, well, at least it's not, and I'll joke about this out loud to whoever I'm playing. And yeah, I'll say, at least I'm not stuck in an orphanage or, you know, at least mm. that I, I like that sometimes to lighten the mood and to, sure. but other, other times, you know, it, when, when you're able to kind of slow down and to catch your breath and, and that's why I like to walk. I don't walk a lot, but I, I love to walk. And, and yeah. you just kind of, you, you notice details. And if you can pick up on one detail, well, guess what? You're looking at the, and we have a lot of wildlife on the golf course, which I love. And, um, and I'm scared for the deer on the golf course. But 
we have a lot of deer on the golf course. And, and if you're thinking about the deer, then guess what? You're not thinking about the bad shot uh, that yeah. you've had. And, and then, you know, you, you will think about those bad shots, but you put that shot away. And then you, uh, and it, I, you know, you kind of categorize, you know, beauty, next shot. Uh, hit a bad shot. Hey, there's a free hole that Tom Fogg could have designed. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I like the greens. I hate the hole location. Yeah. And then you, you, and then you, you kind of transition into your shot. What do you want to hit? Uh, visualize the shot, and, and and so you kind of take away from the bad shot. So I, I always like to leave my bad shot box on the driving range, uh, and you know, um, and, and just leave them there. If I'm if I'm not hitting it good on the driving range, then I'm gonna leave that on the driving range. Uh, I'm not gonna think about the what I did on the driving range before a tournament uh and you know when I'm in a tournament or when I'm playing golf with buddy um and I'm playing poor then, then I just hang out with them the, I kind of bro out uh <laughs> you know I'll I'll grab a beer or I'll do yep. something where where you know if if I'm if I if I shoot a 40 on the front nine um but but also like I said I play better on the back nine so I I expect myself to play better on the back nine. So if I'm two under on the front nine, I, I'm that's a privilege. I'll take that all day. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that and run with it. And so, um, you know, kind of managing your score on the front nine for me to get to the back nine, which I know sounds dumb and and stupid because you want to start strong, but uh, I, I always like to give myself room for error uh, as well. You know, we're we're gonna get you out of here pretty soon. But what I'm hearing, it's a lot, you do this very well. And this is the, one of the tricks to the mental game. I feel like letting go of the past, but not obsessing about the future. Right. So if you're, you know, and maybe, you know, leave us with, you know, and you've kind of talked about it with that final thought of, I mean, is there a certain that you have a go-to something you just lean on? Like it's easy for us to say, but when you're out there and you're playing in the tournament and you're struggling, how do you how do you just maintain that 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 peace that calmness yeah um well i i used to be a club thrower uh i used to be a a, a hooligan and uh i think i threw my club one time with my dad and he said the He's next like, club no more that you'll buy. <laughs> oh yeah he said the next time you do that i will not ever play with you and and uh and so i, I realized real quick um you know you act like a fool on the golf course uh, and, and, um, and so I think I, it was kind of buttoning up those things. Sure. Uh, yeah, don't, don't break a club. You look like an idiot and then you have right. to pay for it. Right. Uh, so it's just, is it worth the club throw? Is it worth the getting down on yourself? Is it worth, and was that shot really that bad? Hmm. Uh, that's um, I like that. I like that. And, and that's my, my swing thoughts. And that's why I try to teach. I love playing lessons. People mm. will chunk a shot three yards, yep. and I'll say, "What's that shot that bad? What could what? How could it have gotten worse? You could have missed the ball completely." Okay. Uh, yeah. And so um, I think that's my swing shot. What's that shot that bad? Right. Uh, so, and and yeah. so let's close it out on this. This is going to be funny. My my buddy's going to smile, but I have a good buddy that I play with regularly here in LA, old coworker of mine, and the guy's a good player. Um, but 
he gets the shanks. And right now he's Texar chain and he says, it's literally the funniest chain to be on because you're, he's like, text, 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 what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? My mind is spinning. I don't know what I'm doing. What do you say to someone that comes to you and their answer would be like, no, the shot couldn't get any worse. This is the worst. I don't even know what I'm doing. I can't even hit the ball. Where do they, at rock bottom, how do you go take a step back from rock bottom and move forward? Well, like you said, you're at rock bottom. So how do you build? Uh, and not worrying about your shakes. How do you move forward from that? And how do you get better? Uh, you know, you have the shakes. Well, what can you do today to get better? Um, you know, can you work on quarter shots? Can you work on uh, a drill that has a lot of uh, um, impact uh, drills? You know, can you increase your impact? Well, you know, somebody may not have an, uh, a control problem. They have an impact problem. Mm-hmm. Or somebody may not have an impact problem. They just have a problem of getting in their head. So guess what? Take a week off, go to the beach, drink a beer, and, and just put your clubs down and, and stop thinking and overthinking about golf. And I think that's the most mm-hmm. I, I teach wise. Like people overthink. They overthink. Um, a lot of times I do a putting drill where uh, I put the ball in three inside five feet. I put the ball in three seconds or less. Just do it, right? Just do it. Yeah, just do it. And, and see it, put time, it, quit, quit thinking, quit practice drill, right? Just you yeah. can make it. Read the green, point out, pick out a point, and hit that point. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. Uh, and so, and so, like you were saying, somebody who has a shank and they can't. Um, what I would do is I would make it funny. Uh, you know, get a video, tag them in some funny shank memes. You know, I think it's Shank Week right now. Um, tag them in um, in some funny shank memes. Um, let it be funny for a little bit, uh, and then work on how do I get better? Um, because if you can't laugh at yourself, then you can't have fun. Right. Um, and, and so. Um, your buddy with the shanks, uh, yeah, what I would do is I would, I wouldn't hit full shots for a whole week. I would hit quarter shots. I would hit chip. Just focus I, on, I would, con- focus on contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite contact drills and this is stupid, but you know, the whole Tiger Woods, uh, bouncing the ball on the wedge and hitting yeah. it like every, before I play golf, whether I have time to warm up or not, I'll be on the first team hitting a wedge, bouncing the ball where I just focus on the ball hitting the club. I like and, that. And, and that's my warm-up, if, if, uh, if I have to have a quick warm-up. So I love that. Do contact, do contact yeah. drill. Kind of get your hand-eye, cor- hand-eye coordination going, right? Get you just, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Have your eyes focus on the club face hitting the ball. I love mm-hmm. that. And, well, Alex. And, and, and don't hit a full shot for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your buddy. I, mean, I will. I'm going to tell him right after this. Well, Alex, this was uh, this was amazing. One of my yeah. favorite chats in 90 plus episodes. So really appreciate you coming on. You're an inspiration to me yeah. and Matt. I'm sure a lot of our listeners. So listeners, I want you guys to give Alex some love. Follow him at one dot arm golfer on Instagram. Um, anywhere else you want to send people? 
No, that, that's it for right now. I've got a lot of funny uh, videos on there and, and some tips that, that would help people as well. So, um, yeah, yeah Alex, Alex thank you for, thank you for your inspiration. Your story is, is really something. It was fun. To, it's fun to chat with you and it's good to get to know you. Thank you. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. And if I'm ever in LA, I would love to play some golf with you. Sounds good. Love Matt's it. in Chicago, so you could meet uh, up with him halfway. We can split the difference. Yeah. There the we service. go. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, take care. Stay well. Take Thanks, care. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye -bye.